and welcome to the Feedback Force podcast, the game design analysis podcast of the End Fender community. I'm Kelso. Hello. And I'm Kyla. And I'm Carl. And we're back. We did it. We played another game. It's a podcast. And we actually managed to get it done in two weeks, our normal time frame, just barely. I think we were... Some of us kind of squeaked in at the last minute. Okay, here's the thing, gang. I think we were all super panicking yesterday because I know I was. (laughs) (laughs) Did Um, we all just finish it like yesterday or today? I I totally finished it yesterday. I finished it today. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Just squeaking in under, under the line. Um, well, because we we looked it up on how long to beat last time, right? And it said seven hours. And I don't know yeah. about you guys, but I definitely did not beat it in seven hours. I think it's like seven hours if you ignore side quests, and most of it is side quests. I feel like. Yeah, it's it's seven hours if you don't play like an RPG player. Um, basically, <laughs> it's basically an RPG. So. Yep. Yeah, I have no idea how long I took. According to Steam, Steam, I took 13 hours, which is almost twice as long as that. Yeah, I didn't play it on Steam. I played it on Microsoft, and I don't know if they... Same. You can't see it. Yeah, okay. I didn't think you could, which is annoying. Oh, well. That's a nice, like, metric to have available to you. And I get annoyed when I don't have that, but I guess it doesn't matter. It's surprisingly convenient. You would think it's entirely, like... I don't know, some weird narcissistic thing where you can, like, track the thousand hours you put in your favorite game or whatever. But it is really kind of a good metric of, like, okay, how long did I play this? How long through this am I? Like, how how long is this compared to other games? Like, surprisingly useful. It is. Or you can see your shame. Or you can see your shame slash triumph of of your thousand hours. Yeah. (laughs) Click your games. Yep. Um, I have my most played game. I think is only like four hundred hours. Um, let me see if that's true. I think you can see that in your stats somewhere. Uh, games. Is it under yeah. pro- I think it's under profile. Yeah, yeah. it's under games. profile. Yeah, yeah. Most hours on reg- record. Peggle Knights, four hundred and sixty-two hours. Damn. I somehow have 322 hours in Skyrim. <laughs> nice. Nice. That's understandable. Yeah. Peggle Knights, to be fair, one of the few games I have, like, completely 100%ed. I got all of the trophies and all of the achievements and things. That's that's impressive. I don't know. Puzzle games have... I feel like puzzle games have really hard achievements. Yeah. But I don't know, maybe Peggle isn't Maybe Peggle doesn't. I don't know. Peggle's Peggle not that does. much of a puzzle game. It's really just a, like, it's a it's a little, like, skill arcade game type feel where if you just practice it enough, you just get good at it. Yeah, I guess. Oh, gosh, I just noticed I have 322 hours in Skyrim and then another 66 hours in Skyrim Special Edition. <laughs> <laughs> it's more than you think. Second- but that's, that's, yeah, that's just Steam, though, so... Second and third Ugh. place are Terraria and Plants vs. Zombies. <laughs> second and third place for me are... Uh, second place, by the way, is 93 hours in Fallout okay. 4. 
and then 85 hours in the long dark, which is, that's a pretty big gap. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, so my, my second and third is 383 hours and 277 hours. Then 263 hours in Borderlands 2, because I play that with my husband. And then 231 hours in, in Rus. Wait, <laughs> Apparently, at, I've uh, played over 230 hours of that game. <laughs> I mean, that's not surprising. I I'm opening up my game. GOG launcher now, because I feel like I have probably close to 100 hours in The Witcher 3. <laughs> oh, funny if you had I kind of don't want to tell my longest... I'm sort of thinking, God, I wasted my life. Well, now you have to. I have uh, 5,300 hours in Dota. I, I don't think in that's what? that weird. I really don't. And, I mean, yeah. like, oh, okay, yeah. that's one yeah. of those things. You're, you're trying to, you try and get good at a thing. It's a thing where you're interacting with other humans, so you want to be good at it. it makes sense to me. You probably have another like 5,000 in Dota 1, then here is some new earth. Yeah, I mean, my my probably actually most played game is still probably World of Warcraft. Um, I think I think when I quit playing that game, I had over a month of gameplay like time, mm. uh, like on on a single character. Yeah. So this was, this was before they were publishing yeah. your playtime to you. <laughs> In fact, I, I would imagine most MMOs probably don't want to publish your playtime to you because they don't want you to you can, you have can, a real just, impression. Yeah, you can just type, if you go in and just type slash played, it, it just tells you. So it's not it's not that hard to find. Anyway. Yeah, but you have to make a but conscious yeah, effort a to look at it so. as opposed to <laughs> Steam where you just go to the game page and it's like, hey, did you know you've been playing this for 400 hours? And you're yeah, like, that's... oh, have I? <laughs> Yeah, whoops, I guess I have. Oh, so did anything did anyone do anything interesting over the last couple of weeks or should we just get right into the game because I know I did absolutely nothing. <laughs> I'm trying to think if like there's it was like a holiday. Oh, um, you know I'm what did you. happen? Sorry. What did you say, Carl? No, um also I didn't absolutely nothing. <laughs> Okay, okay, good. Cool. That leaves us more opportunity to talk about my thing, which is the Kingdom Hearts 3 DLC dropped last weekend. Oh. <laughs> yeah. And, oh, um, man. Speaking of speaking of things I've wasted my life doing. <laughs> um, so, yes, Kingdom Hearts 3 Remind dropped. And, you know, they're charging $30 for it which is too much it's too much because like a good 70 percent of that dlc is just the same as the end of kingdom hearts 3. it's like repeat cutscenes and fights because the 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 premise of the dlc is it's like the end of the game told from like a different viewpoint so you see some like different thing parts about what happened um but the parts that are actually new are pretty small scattered throughout the thing. And so they're charging $30 for essentially like just the bits and pieces that got cut from the ending that they didn't get to have time to put in. I mean, I guess they're charging $30 because they know people are going to buy it. I did. Yeah. <laughs> I'm mad, but I did. 
<laughs> there you go. You're the problem. Yeah, I know. I know I am. And I, I accept that. Um, it's... I mean, I liked the new parts. The new parts were cool and interesting. I think the DLC should have cost like $10 um, for the amount of new content that's in it. Uh, but, you know, I care about the lore, so of course I'm going to buy it. So um, there's, a surprising, you... there's a surprisingly moving uh, boss fight sequence where you play as Mickey Mouse. <laughs> Wait, they let you play as Mickey Mouse? They let you play as a ton How of OP is Mickey? What happened to Disney? Very OP. He fights off like the big bad, more or less on his own, half dead. <laughs> nice. I felt like Disney would never let that happen. I mean, you played as Mi you could play as Mickey for tiny stretches of uh, Kingdom Hearts 2 uh, as like a, a revival character. Where if oh, yeah, you, he's like your Hail Mary. I remember yeah, that, if yeah. you die in some boss fights, uh, they let you, like, swoop in as Mickey and, like, revive your main character. Um, yeah. But, yeah, no, they, they just gave you a cool-ass boss fight where you fight as Mickey. And you have to, like, there's, like, a contextual button thing where you have to, like, rotate the stick in order to try and stand up. Because you're, like, very weak. Because you've just been, like, super blasted. And then you have to, like like limp your way down this like crystal sky road while boss enemies are like appearing out of nowhere and like lightninging you and you have to it's like reaction time based and i don't know it was pretty cool and and then they announced um dark road which i think is going to be a mobile game about xehanort which is i don't know why we need more backstory on xehanort but I, he uh, was whatever. The kid version was surprisingly popular in Kingdom Hearts three, and so okay, you know. I guess that's why. That I assume that's, that's also going to be canon. I don't. I don't even. Well, it's fine. Yeah, iOS and Android devices. We'll see. Free to play with in-app purchases. Mm -hmm. Um, I guess we'll see what yeah. that. What comes of that? Um. I, I mean, it's free to play, so the like I will absolutely check it out. Um, but whether whether it's a good uh, whether it's a good installment or whether it's another recoded, we'll have to find out. <laughs> recoded was the previous yeah. mobile one, and uh, I waited till that came out on DS. Um, it was fine but like it was basically a, a side story that had not much to do with the overall lore there was like a little bit of lore at the beginning and end and then all the rest in the middle was just rehashing the plot of Kingdom Hearts 1 yeah which is actually that makes I think sense. they do yes. in kind of more than one game but you know the, the <laughs> it's, yeah. this franchise is a is a giant hydra already there's who even knows anymore? Um, yeah, but yeah. So I spent I spent a weekend playing uh, playing Remind, and um, I I did enjoy the the new stuff. I did feel like there were some missed opportunities, um, but probably uh, some of it's just you know it's one of those things where like everyone 
who's a real fan has all their little like head cannons and explanations and like things that they they believe about the thing and then you always get a little bit miffed if that thing doesn't pan out in the actual canon yeah um so that's probably just where i am but yeah you got to play as Kyrie yeah. for a little bit too for the first time um huh. she's bad uh <laughs> And I, like I, I hate her animation. Like she's okay in terms of, like you know, she's not as good as Sora when you're in that boss fight. Um, you can choose to play in in all of in a lot of these boss fights. You can choose to play as Sora or some different character. And I always chose the different one because the Sora is just the same one as Kingdom Hearts three. Um, and so when you play her, it's she's like probably one of the weaker alternate characters that you play, but it's still winnable if you're caref like careful um but her animations are so dumb she's like standing like with this really like awkward like knees together stance holding her keyblade in front of her with both hands like it's a shield that she doesn't know how to hold properly i'm like jesus come on this is the only time she's ever been playable she's just finished training for like a year or whatever um like let her let her have one moment of like semi decent badassness. Don't don't reduce her to this. Yeah, that is. Isn't that like her usual stance? Whenever they show her with a keyblade, that kind of just like, Ugh, yeah. What do like, I do? Dangerous object. I will hold it in front of me, and maybe it will make the bad guys go away. Yeah. She is perfect. Hey, let's be related. The keyblade is not a dangerous object. <laughs> It is in the hands of other people. Um, I uh, Kyrie is the perpetually like deserved better character of the entire franchise. Yeah, kind of, definitely. What are you gonna do? Yeah. Uh, and this is this is the game about how you go rescue her. This DLC. Mm. This is about how you end up rescuing her. Also, they they did hint at uh, um, fucking whatever their Final Fantasy thirteen verses or whatever it was that uh, that the the guy in charge really wanted to make. Yeah, um, that he's like fulfilling his fantasies with his random Kingdom Hearts characters instead. Yep, that's like, good. Oh. Oh, by I the like way, that. that like one-off joke from the Toy Story world, we're making that the next game. And it's like, uh, okay, sure. Yeah, I saw that not? that was the the like the post the post game cutscene, mm -hmm. which is great. I forget what it's called, but yeah, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, um <sighs> Yazora is the name of the character. Uh the name of the fake game is Barum Rex. Uh, which I think means true king. Oh yeah. Um, which you yeah. know is also maybe a Final Fantasy fifteen. Uh, yeah, probably a little sour bit. grapes type reference. <laughs> oh, it's it's hilarious. I it I is. hope that I hope he goes like full on with this and like these become recurring characters because I just find it like really funny. It yeah, it's it, it just another another head for the Hydra. <laughs> yeah, the great thing about the Kingdom Hearts franchise has always been 
how seriously it takes itself. Yeah. Like how much it it knows it's like bonkers and is just going for it. Yeah. I mean, it wouldn't work. <laughs> yeah. If, if if they like lampshaded everything. Yeah, it wouldn't work they if just they gotta... didn't commit. <laughs> yeah, exactly. God bless you. Shine on, you crazy diamond. <laughs> yeah, basically. Um, okay, that's that's me. That's what happened to me in the past two weeks. <laughs> we can talk about the game now. Nice. Okay. So, we played a game. Uh, yeah. We, we played West Kelly, you want of to talk Loading. About yeah. Okay. We played West of Loading. <laughs> we did. I'll say it too. We played West of Loathing. I jumped. Now we have all said it. Um, by <laughs> developer Asymmetric from 2017. Uh, based on, or sort of based on, a sequel to slash same universe as Kingdom of Loathing, which was a web browser game, I think. And Yeah, it's which... hard to say. Like, It's not really the same universe. But it mm-hmm. kind of is. But like the future of the Kingdom of Loathing universe? I, mean, I have no idea. You still use like stuff like you have meat as currency and... <laughs> oh, interesting. That's from the original. Okay. Uh, I was gonna, yeah, I was gonna ask like what are the, what are the similarities between this and Kingdom of Loathing? Is Kingdom of Loathing also kind of like an RPG adventure game? Yeah, but not in the same style. Okay. Well, yeah, it's sort of an MMO, but the interaction between other players are extremely limited. Okay. I I mean, that makes sense. (laughs) Is it still stick figures? Yeah. It's more like uh, a single-player MMO text okay. adventure with pictures hmm. and okay. puns. So, do and, they not have the like and puns. <laughs> cool, cool, smooth stick figure animations that they have in this one? I don't think there's any animations in Kingdom of Loading. Okay, that's that's hmm. a shame because the animations are very good in this game. Um, all right, yeah, so West of Loathing is um, a Western, um, I was going to say a Western RPG, but I don't mean like an RPG from the West. I mean an RPG about the Old West, also an RPG from the West. Um, a turn-based RPG, uh, uh, also kind of like heavily adventure gamey, I felt, there's yeah. maybe a there's yeah. maybe a fine line between adventure game and like RPG side quest, um, but it feels adventure gamey, and maybe we can try and suss out why what exactly that difference is. We could try, um, <laughs> but the. Um, it's a hard yeah. game to describe. Yeah, it's it's a game where you play as like a young uh, cow person uh, out to make their fortune. By that I mean like cowboy or cowgirl, not like your part cow. 
um, out to make their fortune in the old west, uh, heading heading west and trying to save people from uh, bad things and help them out. And it takes place in a world in which the cows have come home, um, which is a is a reference to like an old timey idiom, like until the cows come home, which means like you know, in a long time away. But in this one, the cows have come home and it's like some kind of horrible, they're all hell cows now and they all try and eat people uh, and cause massive destruction. Yeah. The uh, the cows come home and if they pass, it sounds like if they pass by any farm that used to be a cattle ranch, they will just raise it to the ground. Mm-hmm. Um which is, I don't know. I don't know yep. how that works. Yep. And also, <laughs> but, yeah. also necromancy is afoot, and uh, lots of people coming back from the dead as skellimans. Um, and uh, and an ancient like, race is hunting you. Yeah, also this yeah, yeah, some kind of ancient and or alien race uh, with a lot of technology that's still on that is um, attacking you mindlessly. Those are like the three major storyline factions, I feel like, um, that, that play out around you trying to get to the West by just like helping the train company build train tracks out far to the West. Yep. That's the actual goal of the game, but any of those other three factions you can sort of participate in their storyline along the way as much or as little as you would like. And there's like a billion other tiny side quests. Yeah. Just everywhere you go, really, there's a side quest. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the the combat is broken up. At, in, in a true RPG style, you have like a ton of stats. Um, combat is broken up into three types. Uh, there's melee, ranged, and magic. Um, you have one stat for each of these that uh, affects both the damage you deal and how much damage you take. Um, so you can't actually just concentrate all your uh, experience into one stat because then you will take a ton of damage from the other two damage types. Um, so you've got to be a little bit balanced at least. Um, so those stats are Muscle for Melee, Mysticality, for magic and moxie for ranged attacks. Uh, and then you also have grit, gumption, and glamour, uh, where grit is uh, HP, which is exactly what you would expect, uh, pain tolerance, which is how many battles you can lose before you have to start the day over and you lose all your buffs. Because um, every time you lose, you get mad. And then sometimes you eventually you get so mad you pass out. <laughs> you have to go home. Yeah. Uh, then you have gumption. Um, gumption increases your speed uh, and your AP. Uh, oh, I should say uh, grit also increases your stomach capacity, which is how much you can eat uh, in a given day. Um, yeah, so gumption is your speed, your AP, which is uh, basically like your stock of points that let you do special attacks in battle, uh, and your spleen. Um, spleen is potions? How many potions you can drink, yeah. I think? Yeah, yeah. 
which is separate from alcohol, um, but sure. Uh, and then Glamour uh, gives you increased meat gain, which is like how much meat you get when mining meat or things like that. Uh, increased item finding uh, and plus one liver capacity per level where that, that affects how much alcohol you can drink. Um, and those are just like buffs the uh, the alcohol. And then you've got like um, a freaking billion other little stats that are special skills you get and uh, special attacks you can do and things like that. So yeah, at the you beginning, get you get a lot choose. of skills. There yeah, are a lot just of just from skills. doing, just from doing anything really. Yeah, if you do any one thing enough times, there's probably a like a um, an ability associated or a skill associated with it. So yeah, and there's like com in combat skills that you can level up, and out of combat skills you can level up, and there's also out of combat perks which you can't level up. They're just like a static thing that you get. That's like some kind of passive bonus. Um, such as, for instance, um, silver-tongued, uh, which gives you increased moxie, which you can get if you plate your tongue in silver. Yep. <laughs> Ooh, I do not have that one. It's it's good oh, to yeah. get because it's, it's expensive, great. but once you have it, you can immediately talk the silver plating guy into giving you a refund. <laughs> so. Yep. <laughs> so it's uh, Super it worth actually, it. Yeah. So <laughs> it actually doesn't cost as much as it seems. Um, and okay, so when you start out, the first thing you do is you have a dream that lets you pick your starting class, which focuses on one of those three main combat stats. So what did everybody pick as their starting class? Um, uh, I, puncher. Oh, I went Beanslinger. I went Snake Oiler. We, we took nice. all three of them between us. Nice. Yes. Hell yeah. We are a well-rounded, uh, party. Go us. Yeah, yeah, we that would be that would work out really well. Yeah, I will so, say I I wasn't much of a puncher. <laughs> no. Did you abandon your uh, your muscle um, stat pretty early? My perks kind of abandoned that for me. <laughs> okay. Mm. Once yeah, I got you're, the... you're not limited. You're not limited to whichever class you start with. You just get a bonus in that skill, and you get. Um, you get like your special combat skills tend to be more associated with whatever that skill is. Once I got withered muscles, which is minus twenty-five melee attack damage. Oof. I kinda that kinda you, hurt. Do you get that from reading the like um the like necromancy textbooks? Yeah, I read every single book. <laughs> <laughs> I stopped the first time a necromancy textbook gave me a negative buff. Um because, like, the first one I got was, like, white hair, which is, like, minus something moxie. And I'm like, ooh, no, I need my moxie. I'm not going to read any more of these. I I don't think I read a single one. Like, I, I collected almost all of them. But when I tried to read that first one, it's like, are you sure you want to do this? I was like, <laughs> oh, I don't think I want to do this. Well, uh, a lot of so, times uh, yeah. they say, are you sure you want to do this? And you get rewarded for doing it anyway. Like, the I, I feel oh, like yeah, the first... I, the first perk or two are actually positive, and then they start becoming negative. Oh, okay. I didn't know if they would start hitting me with, with bad shit right away. But that being said, 
I stuck my face directly into every single spittoon I came across. So <laughs> same, yep. same. I was fully outfitted. I could have been fully outfitted in spittoon garb by the end. Yeah, I was definitely wearing the spittoon hat at the end, which gives you like I don't know plus. Uh, I want to say it's like plus six or seven mysticality. So that's like <laughs> that was a good hat for me. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I, I definitely stuck with bean magic through basically the whole playthrough. Nice. Yeah, so. and I, I stuck with my, my ranged weapon moxie stuff for the, the whole playthrough. Because you get some nice skills as a snake oiler. Um, so, yeah, so the snake oiler is the moxie class. And when you learn, you can, I think for each class, you can get, uh, there are magazines right. found throughout the game. And you can learn special, like, class-specific yeah. skills from the magazine. Um, so there's two skills that are like a lot of the snake oiler one is like you get potions that can like heal you or like buff you in combat and things like that. But the two best snake oiler ones are uh, shoot nanny, which is you shoot some number of bullets randomly into the air and then they just like fall down and they can hit or miss. But you can like shoot up to nine bullets <laughs> that can randomly hit things on the field uh, and fan hammer which is you shoot it's it's three for most of it until you fully level up and then it's four um just four shots uh at one target um so if like i can do by the end of the game i was doing up to like 200 damage with one fan hammer um and and it's like it it's three ap but it's you it's not one of those once per combat ones you can use it as much as you have ap so i like oh. maxed up my ap to like 12 ap so i could do four fan hammers and combat and that takes out basically anything nice um yeah <laughs> the uh bean slinging gives you basically a bean based magic um so you start off with bean shield which ups your armor and um, a single target hot damage attack called Lava Fava. <laughs> uh, nice, nice. And then, and then you get like you get um, an ability that let's see, hang on, I've got the um, the wiki. Okay, so you get uh, Bean Shield and Lava Fava. You get Bean Golem, which just summons a giant bean that will fight for you. Um, I don't know. My bean golem never got that strong, so mostly yeah, it. Yeah, I, I had just... one where you can summon a snake into your party, but I never used it. So yeah, bean golem, I never got that strong, so it mostly just like ate a few hits, mm -hmm. uh, which is fine because then I didn't have to take those hits. It gives you, um, let's see, butter bean, which is a debuff for your enemies. Um, use the old bean, which gives you a pretty sizable buff to mysticality. Uh, bean wall, which puts up a wall of beans to deflect some ranged attacks, and uh, Great Northern Blizzard, which is a all enemies uh, cold damage. Ooh, that thing. sounds good. And then your like, I think cow punching you get like leather working, and snake oiling you make potions. Uh, <laughs> with bean slinging, you get master cookery, which. Um, you also get an ability that lets you see bean ore in mines. So you mine <laughs> the bean ore and then cook the bean ore into like armor. Okay. So, 
That's, that's how that works. <laughs> that that sounds that might yep. sound weird to listeners, but keep in mind that normally in those mines you mine meat ore. Um, so yeah, it's less weird than it sounds. Yeah, God, like mining was a big source of my experience early game. Because Minesplainer gives you a lot of say, XP. I was going to say, Minesplainer, my favorite perk in the game. Mm -hmm. uh, so Minesplainer you get from trying to explain how a bunch of mining machinery works that you don't really understand. And then if you go all the way through with it. there's In this game, you get a lot of rewards for like finding and reading text, basically. Yeah. So if you find the options that let you read more text, then you get rewarded. So if you go through all of yep. this like fake machinery explanation, you get the perk Minesplainer, which gives you more XP for mining. Yeah. So good. Um, so, also, that reminds me, who who did you guys pick as your partner? Well, well, first I want to hear from Carl about like what are the what are the good skills associated with cow puncher? Oh yeah. Uh, um, so I didn't use much of the cow puncher stuff. Mm -hmm. um, but you got like beef up, which increases your muscle. Mm -hmm. You got uh, first aid, which heals you. You got haymaker, which that actually I used a lot. It stuns the enemy and deals Ooh. quite a bit of damage. Nice. And then you got like bull stomp, which is an AoE. You got the old one, two, three, which deals a million damage to a single <laughs> target. Nice. Cool. And you get um, menacing moo. <laughs> or just... I think that's a cow puncher. Yeah. What does that do? Which it reduces uh, muscle for the enemy. Oh, okay. Nice. Um, yeah, that does sound like a it, like they're a very sort of combat focused, <laughs> like just deal damage in a variety of ways sort of class. Which I I was I was like. Going back and forth, I had a hard time picking what I wanted my starting class to be because they all sounded interesting. Um, all right, so uh, yes, yeah, so in the first, once you leave home, the first little small town you go to, Tutorial Town, um, you get uh, you get to choose a partner to bring along. So I chose uh, Susie, whose ranch was destroyed by uh, by cows. Um, and she wants to get cow revenge. I, yeah. I chose... Oh, I also chose Susie. Damn, I went with Doc Alice. I was very close to picking Doc Alice. Um, Doc, she seems okay. cool. Doc Alice is great because she has a heal. She has um, uh, an AoE, like, does X damage to all enemies. And she, she like... I, I don't remember what level you have to get her to, but after just like a few levels, she gets an attack that automatically kills any skeleton. Mm -hmm. Just auto one hit on a it's skeleton, like which is super useful. Right? That's not yeah, super useful because to me, all the hard fights were skeletons. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, Doc Alice, great. <laughs> because yeah, I had to fight a lot of skeletons. Yeah, Susie's so. stuff is not amazing. It's she gets a she has a pretty high damage just single target rifle attack. Um, she has a move that can stun an enemy for one turn, um, which is like lassoing them. Um, and then she's got uh, build cover where she can temporarily 
she can like put up a barrier in front of you that uh, it's like a carpentry thing. She just like quickly builds a little wooden barrier uh, and it deflects all ranged damage, but it instantly dies to uh, any melee hit. So it's basically a, a bean wall. Yeah. So if you, if you like, if you only have ranged enemies, then like, that's great. But if you have any melee enemies still standing, it's not that useful. Yeah. That makes sense. Um, if <sighs> I do another playthrough, I'll probably try Doc Alice. Cause I was, I was going back and forth and back and forth. Cause they both had like interesting stories and I both, I wanted both of them to come along, but. Yeah. Um, the big question is, what horse did you pick? <sighs> oh, man, I'm so I, mad about that. Which horse did you pick? What? I picked the normal horse um, because I, I hadn't finished saving all the horses before I picked. Um, oh. And then I went and saved. And then I found the dark horse. I'm like, I would have totally picked the dark horse. I did pick the dark horse. The dark horse is great because it lets you run from random encounters. Mm. on the map which is very nice when you just want to get to a place i yeah, specifically I don't remember what horses there were to pick there was the, the ghost there, horse there was the, there was the normal horse the dark horse the crazy horse and the ghost horse i picked the ghost horse let me, let me look and see what, what, what the... does the ghost horse give you i don't know <laughs> <laughs> Hang on, let me let me look. Um, Can you see what the horse does? Yeah. Okay. Normal horse has no effect. Yep. Pale horse, uh, the ghost horse gives you additional random undead and next max books encounters. So that's probably why you had to fight so many skeletons. Um, <laughs> the dark horse gives you the option to run for most random encounters, uh, which is disabled in hard mode, and the crazy horse makes you more likely to trigger random events. Which is good and bad, I guess, because yeah, that uncovers the map faster. Be yeah, yeah. Um, I, I, there's a there's also... an item that you can get uh, at some point in the game that's like the Pony Express badge that lets you um, like get where you're going faster. So it just means fewer random encounters. And I didn't want to put it on because I actually was getting like a lot of loot and XP from. <laughs> from those random encounters, so I wanted to keep having them. Yeah. Yeah, I feel and... the same. Once I got that, I was at the point where I could, like, one-shot every random encounter anyway. Yeah. yeah. Also, here's uh, an, an interesting tidbit. So, you can comb and feed your horse if you have apples, carrots, or peanut butter. Uh, if you are kind enough to your horse, you get a perk called Friend of Horses, which... Gives you plus one speed, uh, which I didn't do that. I combed my horse a few times. I never figured out that you could feed it, though. I also, didn't you could do the, either of those things. Yeah. The pale horse and the dark horse are female. The normal and crazy horses are male. Um, the male horse name defaults to Tim, except on the switch where they default to Yoshi. <laughs> the female horse defaults to Tina, except on the switch where they default to Epona. Aw. So that's... That's horse knowledge. That's cute. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, I I named my uh, my normal horse Norman. 
I think I just I named my horse Baby because I didn't want to think of a name. So Baby. Yeah, uh, I don't remember. I was fine with my horse. I was just disappointed that I like made the decision uninformed. Um but yeah, so the the way the game works is that there are a bunch of different locations on the map and at the beginning it's just a big empty map and as you talk to people uh, or wander around on the empty map you discover locations and then you go to those locations and they can have a variety of things they can be mines where you can go mine meat or they can have like they pretty much all have some kind of story or narrative association with them even if it's very short um and they can be like people's farms or there's like a carnival at one point. Uh, there's, you know, there are other towns. It's there's, a circus. It's well, yeah, it's called a circus, but it's more of a, they say something like it's really more of a carnival. Yeah. Kind of the, <laughs> the Like text things or something like that. Um, yep. It's uh, what else? There's like, there's like some outdoor areas you can find like the mountain or, planes or well or things like that um most of the mines if you dig far enough down you'll find the like ancient ancient race technology in the basement somewhere and you just your goal yeah, is just I, to to help a bunch of people i never got very far in the like ancient alien stuff and i kind of uh, wish i would have i don't know how far i got uh, I, I ended up, like, because I had some time today, I actually just went on the wiki and looked at stuff. Yeah, I, I, a lot of it I was, was doing that a lot like, as I was going, so I kind of cheated. Yeah, a lot of the, the ancient alien stuff is, like, kind of elaborate and a pain in the ass to do, so I just gave up. <laughs> it's much easier once you can speak the language. Because um, then, like, the, the stuff the machines are saying actually kind of makes sense. Oh, yeah. um, so there's a once you get batteries from so there's a professor a professor actually um, and he like helps you learn about this ancient technology and first he gives you um, he builds a machine that lets you fabricate uh, effectively keys for their technology and then he gives you a machine that lets you fa fabricate batteries um, and once you get batteries, you can start putting batteries in monoliths. And every time you put a battery in a monolith, you learn like three new words. Oh. And eventually there's a little, the, one of the little places you can go is like the education facility. Uh, and once you get there, you can uh, use the punch cards that you get from uh, El Vibrato and enemies to just learn words. By the time I found that place, I had so many punch cards. I just instantly learned the entire language. <laughs> Nice. I might go back and do some more of that then. Yeah, I, I really like the the whole punch card mechanics. Or yeah. like learning little pieces of words. Yeah, it's like every every simple punch card gives you like three simple words and every complex punch card gives you three complex words. Um and then you can go around and actually read what's on the various like computer screens of this ancient technology. 
and uh, they you learn a little bit about um, you don't actually learn anything about it. it just like tells you what to do but there you find a uh, there's a subset of machines that talk about uh, powering the Roberto containment um, <laughs> uh, apparatus and so if you power uh, all three of the Roberto containment areas then there's like a crazy noise that happens and you get uh, a special hat um, and also Ooh. you get in in the in the end credits the world does not end in 400 years oh that's good I feel like I should definitely do that then um, so you do, you never really learn what this Roberto is that they're containing, but you contain it. That's, I mean, that sounds like it's probably for the best. Um, that was the hat that, uh, I ended up, I didn't get it before I did the first end game, but I was close enough that at the afterwards, I just went back quickly and got it. Um, yeah, I'm part of two of them. I don't really know where the third one is. Yeah, it's like there's Roberto Containment East and West, and then there's some like positronic something or other that has to be brought online. Um, mm. And then in the, there's like a central control area where it's like, would you like to turn on Roberto Containment? And you can be like, yes. And then it's like crazy noise and flashing lights, and you get a crown. It's a nice crown, too. I don't think I finished either of, like, I didn't finish that, and I also didn't ever resolve the necromancer subplot. That was the only which... one I resolved on my own without help. Nice. I could not resolve the Actually, cow I'm... one. That had too many steps. I did I did end up resolving yeah. it with the wiki, but... Yeah. I Actually, I'm looking at the map now, and I never, at any point during my playthrough, um, found the necromancer's tower well like i i had collected so many clues okay um and it never a appeared so it, i don't know if i didn't collect enough clues did you have you were you reading the necromancy book oh do you have to do that yeah that might there's, be a, it. there's a book in your inventory and every time you collect a clue it goes into the book oh and, yeah no i i got that okay so like uh and, it, once you read the book it like summarizes the clues that you've collected and shows you where the thing is Huh, maybe I didn't collect enough clues? I don't know. Maybe. I felt like I collected a lot of clues, but no. Uh, um, there was something, there's something about like ley lines and hell cow energy, and you have yeah. to talk to the mushroom people. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, yeah so the yeah, last time a... I read, read the book, it just popped up. Huh. There's a lot of stuff. I'm checking my inventory and checking quest items, and there's a lot of stuff where I have no idea what they <laughs> yeah. are. Yeah, there's so I think one of the things that makes this feel very adventure gamey is kind of the way they do items in that you find a lot of like weird items that you're not sure what they're for and then like later on you'll meet someone who needs that weird thing um and it's it's like it sends you down a, a story quest of some kind. Yeah, you find a guy that is a cactus and then you find a person that Wants to fall in love with a cactus. Yep. That's a very adventure <laughs> gamey sort of thing to happen. C cactus Bill is his name, I think. I don't remember. And then, I yeah, Cactus either. Bill at oh, Olive Gardens. He drank too much. And he turned into a cactus. 
Right? Yeah. Is that, is I, that, what that happened? I forgot. And then he's always drunk because he's metabolism. Uh, yes, because he's like a cactus, so he's like it, internally producing the stuff that like is cactus alcohol is made from or something. Um, something like that. Yeah, that's what right. So, what are some what are some fun side quests? What side quests did you did y'all enjoy doing? I I liked basically every side quest where you're out doing something to like catch a group of bandits. Those always were just wacky and stupid. Um, what was the one? I think it was. I'm looking at the map. I think it was the Potemkin gang, where pickle factory. The entire. Oh, the pickle factory one was great too. I was but the say, Potemkin the Tem- gang the Potemkin one gang, where Potemkin gang. I think. Oh no, you're right. You're that right. That was Sorry. the one the where they were in the, the fake town. The fake town. Yeah. 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 And you have to lure all of the gang members to a specific place and then drop the town on them. Which yeah. was good. The pickle factory one was insane. Yeah. Uh, you go into a pickle factory <laughs> and you experience a very vivid hallucination about how to operate the pickle making machinery. Due to a uh, ghost and then you go in, the old, uh, old woman who used to run the pickle factory. Yeah. And you go in and you produce some pickles. And um, the, the pickle gang also, by the way, they're just ghosts. Yep. So then you end up with a bunch of ghosts in the jail. Mm-hmm. I think I... I still don't understand if there's a like a proper solution for their vinegar. There is. Um, so the... Because the... you need it to get a certain... Yeah. Um, and you need a... Yeah, there, you need to get it a certain exact temperature. And I wrote it down wrong the first time because I thought it was 199, but it's actually 190. Um, yeah. Yeah. So I had problems because I knew I could remove ten from the temperature, mm-hmm. but what I added did not add up to. Yeah. I don't remember. I, 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 I'm not sure I if that's random. I think the amounts you add are somewhat random. Yeah. Um, it's okay. but it, so you it's just like add a... until it you can remove to the right amount. More or less. Um, I think the. The like when you add, it's like every time you if you add the same amount that you added last time, it goes up by the same amount. But if you change the amount of coal that you put in, it changes it so, somewhat randomly changes the amount that it goes up by. Um, so I just found like a thing where I could make it go um, up by nine, I think, and then I could do up by nine and down by ten. Let me like adjust it by one, and so I just kept cycling that until I got it to the right level. I think I just clicked around randomly until I got it right by sheer dumb luck. The, the thing is, the first time, <laughs> I actually see. just went through and killed all the ghosts. Um, and oh, I, only, yeah. I only came back later and solved the pickle factory part. I'm actually looking the on the wiki, there's like an entire paragraph of how to make the vinegar room solution happen. Uh, let's see. The bellows increases the temperature by 3% of uh, the current temp times the amount of coal rounded down to a maximum of 245 degrees. After each use of the bellows, the temperature equals 
they give you a just an equation for how to figure it out, and then a basic solution for like use this many coal, and then use this many coal, then do the release valve, then do this many coal. Uh, an easier solution is to shovel 35 coal and use the bellows. That brings the temperature to exactly 190 degrees. There you go. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Um, and yeah, so there's that. There's the um, salt levels, which you can, which that one's easy because you just have three things and they increase the like hundreds, tens in one place. Um, yeah. And then there's like the, the cucumber levels which you just have to get even, which I actually had a really tough time with that one. It was hard to tell if they were even because yeah. the, you the can increments were kind of small. Yeah. Oh yeah, I guess you can just walk up to them and look. I didn't oh, realize that until later. Yeah, I got yeah. in a position where like, no matter what I clicked, I couldn't get to even. So I had to, I don't know, max it out. And yeah, I did back. the same thing where I was like, this is like, like one off so i just need to get one you know like some of them all the way up or all the way down so i can round it off a little bit and that worked um i didn't realize you could actually see the individual levels if you interacted with the the tubs i was just going by the little markers yeah uh um there was a lot of fun weird ones in caves and mines some of which were very sad that my favorite one is might be Ghostwood. Oh, I loved Ghostwood. I love that fucking trope. <laughs> Ghostwood, where they pause oh, the game oh. to have a little bureaucracy segment. Yeah. yeah. I I love that trope so much. Alright, so describe, um, describe what happens for everything. Oh gosh, if I can remember all the steps. So, uh, Ghostwood is a town populated by ghosts that are also uh, severely bureaucratic. So you go into the town and you talk to everyone and you can't talk to anybody until you get to the town hall where they tell you that you need a visitor ID or you need a like an ID for the town to get anywhere in the town. Yeah, you're there to and get like a lumber log permit or something. Yeah, yeah. You can't get an ID unless you have a number three pencil and you can't get a number three pencil unless you have an ID. So you get a temporary ID that expires in three seconds and then eventually you find a number four pencil, but the number four pencil doesn't work. So you find a pencil sharpener and sharpen down 75% of the number four pencil, which because of a loophole is technically a number three pencil. So then they let you, they let you have an ID card and then you have to like go to the records and it, it basically ends up just being a very long, not necessarily a wild goose chase, because you do eventually uh, achieve your objective in getting yeah, the logging so you permit. To, you have but, to go find like the history of the logging thing, which means you need to go to records, but they don't have it in records, so you have to go to um, like ad adjacent records, like adjunct yeah. records, and then you have to... And then um, he can't give you the file because the papers are loose, so he needs a stapler. So you have to go like requisition a stapler, and then he staples. Oh, getting a form for it, and and each time you do this, you have to like give your first name, last name, middle name, and like location of birth. Yeah. Um, or a uh, first name, a uh, last name, a middle name. Yeah, 
but it has to match up every time. I think my my name ended up being like Pico Edgelord Goldthwaite. <laughs> I believe I that's what with, I find it. I went with my actual character's name, which was uh, um, God. What did what did it go? What was the random name I generated? Um, just like Josephina Danger something. Now I have to now I have nice. to open up the game so that I find it because yeah, I, I was to... Oh yeah, it's actually Wait, does it change your middle name or did I just pick It it I don't think I... you have a middle name until until like, that point. Until that point there there are other bits where like Josephine you jokingly is... say, "Oh, danger is my middle name." Really? Yeah. Yes. And I don't know if it actually adds that as your middle name. Well, my middle name is Danger. Yes, same. <laughs> My I middle didn't... name was Edgelord because in the Ghostwood section, I said that my middle name was Murder, and the lady called me Pico Edgelord Goldthwaite. Oh, so I went. I just stuck with it. <laughs> yeah, I was uh, Josephine Yates. Was my character's name? Just, I just named my character Danger Big Yates. Idiot. <laughs> so okay. there's that. Um, yeah, so that so you get a stapler, and then they they once it's stapled, you can take it to the other department where they put it in a folder, um, and then you take the folder, but then it turns out it was stapled wrong, so you have to get a staple remover, and then you remove the staple, um, and then you can give them the papers, and then you have to wait three days. Yeah, you know, first you have to get like a signature from oh, the mayor. Oh, yeah. You have to go get the signature from Redwood. And if you don't get your pencil back from him, you have to go back to Breadwood to retrieve your pencil. I don't know if you have to do that. You do. Um, it's, it's, uh, it's, yeah. uh, you can only write on the ghost forms with the ghost pencil, so you have to go all the way back to Breadwood. Yep. And then you have to wait uh, a couple days, and then finally you get, you get the thing. <laughs> yep. So you, apparently you can't do that quest in super hard mode because super hard mode you're supposed to try and finish in one day. Oh yeah, I, I guess you don't have to do every all of the the um, problems in Breadwood. I yeah. think you only have to do like three. Do you have to do any problem in Breadwood? Uh, I think you depends. have to get it. Oh yeah, maybe there's probably a way you, to there, not there are, do them. But... Apparently, there are three different bridges you can build. So the yeah, the, main, so, the main central part. I of know the... I built a necromancer bridge. Oh. Okay. So yes, there are three different bridges you can build. Um, and so the the main thrust of the game is that you're trying to get this train west. So in the first one, you have to get a bunch of dynamite to blow up some rocks, and in the second one, you have to build a bridge across a canyon. And there are three bridges you can build. The, the one that's recommended is you get enough lumber from Breadwood um, to, like, go and, um, uh, you know, just build a wooden bridge. But there's also, uh, I didn't know that the third one was necromancy. That's good. There's a necromancy bridge. There's also, if you speak El Vibrato, there's a machine where you can fabricate a bridge. Huh. Um, and so you can make an El Vibrato bridge as well. I think there's an achievement for doing three different playthroughs where you make three different bridges. Hmm. Well, I did not do 
enough stuff to get the other bridges. Yeah, I just like went around, did a bunch of stuff, and then went to the railroad camp, and then you had like the option to raise a necromancy bridge. That's cool. Nice. This game is full of like weird little story things like that, where you're like, yeah, it's oh. very good at like you dick around for a while and you find stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and there were definitely like a few things that were like clearly hooks that I just did not have the time or patience for. Like there's that woman who's like trying to remember this this ghost lady trying to remember the name of her granddaughter, and she oh, gives yeah. you like yeah, no, no, no. clues about it. And there's like other clues you can find in other locations about her. And you can only try once a day. Yeah. I looked that one up, and if you haven't found, a, if there's there's one clue that you have to find somewhere else, mm-hmm. and if you haven't found that clue, even if you figure it out, like, Wait. via, you know, deductive reasoning, you will always get it wrong, because it, there's two options, that... and if you don't have that other clue, you'll always pick wrong the first time. That's the Mary Stern. Because I have a I picture remember. of Mary Stern and a diary of Mary Stern. Uh, no, the, the, uh, I don't... the thing the thing that you find is the diary of Blank Smith, because it doesn't actually like say okay, the yeah. name on the diary. But there's a diary that um, lets you know. I think you can tell from the so so from reading the diary, it's clear that it's the granddaughter. And you, there's something about it where it's like, oh, I can't make out the first name, but it's something that's definitely less than eight letters long. Um, so right. I guess like that's the last clue that you need. Yeah. Yeah, I hate those kinds of puzzles in in general anyway, so yeah, I saw that I actually, and was like, I have nope, written I'm not down, doing that. I have written down the uh all of the things that she tells you. So it's like um the first name ends in a vowel. Uh the the woman, the grandmother was between 37 and 42 when the child was born. Um the first name is longer than the last name. The child is not buried next to any of the daughters. Uh, her name is fewer than eight letters. She died at the same age as Becky. There are three Beckys, that, so it doesn't tell you which one. But she died at the same age as one of the Beckys. Uh, and her favorite hobby was knitting. Yep. Yeah, I, I got to that <clears throat> to that graveyard and it was... <laughs> Just I just didn't care. Yeah, there's another yeah. So. there's another puzzle in that same graveyard about a tontine, um, where there's like three graves and three pieces of keys and like some what looked like letter scrambles or something. Uh, and I also oh, did yeah. not bother with that. Yeah, I didn't bother with that one either. There's and then there's the other graveyard, the military cemetery, mm-hmm. um, where there's a big long involved puzzle there, which I I later looked that up on the wiki and just went through it. Is there a puzzle um, there? Yeah, let me let me let me find it real quick. I know there's, there's it, like nine hundred and ninety nine graves, and you can there are a few of them that have like special stuff in them. Yeah, let me let me go to that puzzle. Okay, the the puzzle. The first puzzle plot is plot eleven. It gives you some Morse code, and every time you get to a puzzle plot, you have the option to say a word for the departed, and so the word that you have to say is always like a puzzle of some sort that you have to mm. to you know solve. So the first grave gives you Morse code which you have to um translate into 
letters and the first word is sorrow. So then that leads you to grave 37, which gives you a string of numbers which correspond with letters of the alphabet. alphabet. Uh, and the solution is hubris, <laughs> which takes you to grave 111. The next one is, uh, it's the thing where a letter corresponds with a different letter. It's shifted, mm, yeah. you know, in a direction. Caesar which cipher, gives you ruined and takes you to grave 230. Um, the next puzzle involves reading every second letter of the epitaph. And the, the solution is euonym, which takes you to grave 370. Um, this puzzle treats every letter as if the alphabet were backwards. The solution is wedged which takes you to grave 690, uh, which <laughs> which then gives you the letters in navel semaphore. Oh, and the solution is dying with an E, like dying mm. your hair, which takes you back to grave 11, the first grave. And you find a rock that says LOL, but it's upside down. So that takes you to grave 707 which is a meta puzzle and you have to do the first letter of all the other solutions, which gives you shrewd and you get uh, a thousand meat and an ominous note. Uh, so then you have to, let's see, you have to like put the words into a grid, which gives you the word genius. And then you get a dream sequence, Jesus. which gives you some braille. Yeah. It <laughs> gives you some braille and like a binary puzzle um, and gives you another word and the word is shined and you finally end up with a cool sapphire. And you can take the cool sapphire to the jeweler and it gives you a ring that gives you like a, a ton of mysti mysticality or something. Oh no, it's a it's 11 moxie, I guess. I thought it was mysticality, but anyway. <laughs> yeah, that's that's the graveyard puzzle. It's... That's bananas. absurd. Eleven also, if, I think so. Yes, that's what it says. That's not worth I, it. Yeah, I feel like I feel like mine had mysticality, but maybe, maybe it's I'm like what? Maybe it's based um, on the class that you pick. It might be. That's what I'm guessing. Um, there's also some other ones. If you if you go to grave sixty nine, <laughs> it gives you like just a, a funny headstone, like of the yeah, hundred eleven like innuendo, innuendo brigade yeah. or something. And if you go to grave 666, uh, you get a necromancy tome. Yep. And if you go to grave 420, you get a tome on mushrooms. Yeah. Yeah. That's the other one. <laughs> yeah. So I did the funny numbered ones, but I didn't do. Uh... Yeah. You got to do the sex number and the drugs number. Yep. Um, and, and I was avoiding uh, Tex-Nex tomes by then. Um, so yeah, that's fair. Texnex, it's Texas ne Necromancy. It's uh, I like the writing in this game. The writing in this game is just like real cheeky and funny, um, and yeah. and just kind of like clever, but not not tooting its own horn most of the time. So yeah, uh, um, I like that. There's a Shaggy Dog cave. Where it's oh just god, a, the shaggy dog. Just came. a bunch yep. of like really long, detailed plaques, and then at the end, there's nothing. Um, yep. There is something you can find there later if you have like a certain perk, I think, um, or it's like 
yeah, there is something at the Shaggy Dog, um, but it's it's like a much later comeback sort of thing. Um, let's see. Oh, you can find an El Vibrato monolith. Oh, yes. And it also, oh, I didn't realize that. If you have the El Vibrato rod, you can get a monolith there. Also, I didn't realize this is what this was tied to. If you if you read the fifth plaque, it unlocks a dialogue option with the proprietor of the Dirtwater Saloon to get a miniature piano. Yeah, because they say something in I that plaque about like uh, going to you know the 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 saloon proprietor showed us his famous trick with a you know oh, with yeah. something, and so I you forgot. can go and ask after what that is. And he says like, listen, the last proprietor was the one who did that. We don't speak of it anymore. Here, take the tiny piano associated with the trick and just never ask. <laughs> Which is a reference yeah. to a specific dirty joke. Um, but I don't, which I don't know so if is, I should repeat. Is there a way to play darts? Not that I know of. Um, there, there, Does there are no darts. Has like dart a dartboard. You're never allowed to play darts. Oh. Yeah, I never asked. Actually, it, I, I, never I did asked ask, about the and he's like, "Oh yeah, no, we lost all the darts for that dartboard." <laughs> oh well, I guess that's it. There's then. also a dart in the next town, and there's just a sign next to it that says, "Like no darts, sorry." <laughs> um, in the town of Frick, Frick is the name of the town you get to, or something. Is that yeah. right? Okay. Um, or... Yeah. Something like that. And then when you get uh, Frisco, Frisco. Oh, Frisco. Um, All right, because it's 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 wink wink, not San Francisco, but the final boss is Emperor Norton, who was uh, a real guy who lived in San Francisco a long time ago and just declared himself the Emperor of the United States. Interesting. Okay. Um, yeah, if you get your train all the way uh, west. Then uh, a crazy man from Frisco hijacks it, and then you have to do like a little train fight sequence. Which by the time I got to, I was so ludicrously over leveled for um, that it was not difficult yeah, at all. Same. <laughs> yep. Also, I spent. He puts like a spell on you, which made you. Oh, the antivirus, wonky. where everything looks like uh, hexagons. Yeah, I was stuck with that so long. You didn't. Uh, sure. You didn't get to go. You didn't get the jelly bean. Um, I kind of forgot that I had enough mysticality or moxie now to finish. Hmm. Oh yeah, no, I it. I also had not done the jelly bean uh stuff before I got the antivirus. Um, and then I so did. You have to do all of the anti, or did you have to do the whole jelly bean thing? Well, yes. so it costs like well, it costs you, like you can buy it. Yeah, it costs like six thousand like, meat. Yeah, and every time you do one of his quests, the price drops. And if you do all of them, it drops to one meat. Oh, okay. I, I had done them all, so. If you have a perk that gives you minus fifty percent meat, you don't have a lot of meat. Yeah, that's true. Is that a thing you got from your necromancy tomes? <laughs> That's your punishment for doing necromancy, Carl. It's 
50% less meat and 50% less item find. Oof. That's rough. Yeah, that's... that's uh, I hope you get some good perks uh, from those necromancy tomes. That's a steep price. Hmm. Um, but the... Uh, yeah, I ended up doing all three of them, even though I could probably have bought it by the second one, but I was like, eh, if it's going down anyway, I don't want to spend more meat than I have to. Um, so I ended up uh, helping him out. So there's one where you have to go and just beat up a bunch of um, bandits. That one I had to put on hold at first because uh, they are quite strong. Um, yeah, yeah, I would have had to put that on hold, except I blew them up with dynamite. Nice. Oh. Yeah, you do end up collecting a lot of items over the course of the game that, like, for some, like, really tough combats, I was like, just use the items! Just use all the items! Oh, wait, no, I'm looking at that now, and I, I remember how I solved that, and it wasn't fighting them. I, at some point, got the honorable perk, so if you have the honorable perk, you can just scold them. <laughs> and they see the error of their ways and go go away and give you the jelly beans. Oh man, that's good because oh. that's a tough fight. Maybe I could blow them up because I had the ruthless perk. Uh, yeah, you need. Let's see. It says you need dynamite and ruthless. So what does ruth? What's like? Do you get ruthless from? Um, you kill like people in the tutorial. Hmm. Okay. Let's. So it says. It says you get ruthless from opting to shoot one of the sleeping Fricker gang members, and mm. you get honorable from not shooting them. So interesting. I didn't. I chose not to shoot him, but I don't think I got that. So I don't know. Um, at any rate, so that's Jellybean One. Jellybean Two is in like a giant cactus, um, <laughs> where there's like a bunch of goblins. And they're like protecting um, the goblin the leader. Rocks. Yeah, and so um, you can either fight the goblins or you can like do little errands for them. I did all the little errands. Mm -hmm. And you don't have to fight the goblin leader either because he's just sad that you uh, are taking away his only entertainment because he can't move. Um, and the only thing he can do is stare at the pretty color jelly beans. So I taught him how to play poker instead. What did I teach him how to do? Uh, I don't remember. Because I think you get a different thing. Because you get a different, like, speech skill for every class. So I had outfoxen as a beanslinger. And as a snake owner, you get hornswoggling. Hornswoggling, yeah. And as a cowpuncher, you get intimidating. And I don't remember... Uh, what you teach them if you have outfoxen. Oh, well. I think I taught them poker because I had a poker-specific perk. Ah. Um, I, I did something, I forget what exactly, along the way that gave me a, like... Oh, it might have just been a, a book I read that was, like, how to cheat at poker. Yeah, I think I, yeah, I, think I got that book eventually, but um, afterwards... God, there's so many specific little skills and perks that you get for just doing a variety of things. I feel like that might be one of the things that makes it feel adventure gamey is that there's everything is like real specific. Yeah. 
and there's just so much detail and it's all it's i think it's in the end it's like the narrative focus there's certain elements of the way it's narratively focused that feel adventure gamey in that when there's a quest it's not as simple as just you have thing a go deliver it to place b it's you you have to understand what the narrative context is of the thing that you're carrying around and trying to work with yeah Speaking of dumb perks, did did either of you read the stupid walking book at the very, yes. very beginning? Yeah. So did I. That's, that's a great perk. You just, like, you walk in very foolish ways. I did turn it off pretty quick. So, yeah, so did I. I kept it on for a long time because I didn't realize you could turn it off. But once I saw that you could, I definitely did. Yeah, you do things like you walk on your hands, or you walk backwards, or you just like walk looking like you're falling over. Uh, there's one where you roll up into a ball and you roll, yep. roll around. You, you just walk in a variety of stupid ways. Um, Let's see. Oh, yeah, I there's also... the... Sorry, go ahead, Carl. I should, I should have put on nerd mode to see what it does. When, how do you get nerd fun. mode? Uh, oh, can't, don't you have it from the beginning? Do you have to, like, read your brother's books a certain amount of times or something? I think, um, I don't know. I don't know. It's I definitely had many. Oh, no, you're right, you're right. In, in menu, I, yeah. I remember. There is a, yeah, it's just like a setting in the options that's nerd mode. I did not... <sighs> There's a bunch of stupid settings. I think maybe I did turn that on. I don't remember if I did or not. I uh, did. I it's did turn off pretty quickly nice. the one that like auto um, auto sets your uh, XP and lets you like basically levels up for you. I did that for the first few le levels and I'm like, oh, I want to choose my own. So I turned it off. Yeah. There's also I... a colorblind mode. <laughs> oh yeah, I saw that. I think it says like colorblind mode and then in parentheses, you never know. <laughs> uh, when, which it's the the joke is that it's the game is in black and white. It's a black and white game. You also can turn on. You can get um, if you send a postcard to your brother, you get a postcard back, and that unlocks nostalgia mode, which makes it sepia tone and black. <laughs> Cute. Yeah. What else? I'm looking at. I'm looking at a list of the perks now. Uh, I had uh, as a as an uh, snake oiler. I had the uh, foraging trait, where I could mm -hmm. just like forage uh, items from uh, plants in the wilderness. Oh, nice! Like, so, what do you like? like... Um, I had as a small. I don't think that. Yeah, a... you can you can learn it from a book eventually. I think um, uh, there's like the all three of the unique um, class traits eventually you can get from books. I don't think those are class traits. I think those are just like a dialogue option where it's like, oh, yeah, what do sorry. you want to yeah, learn? Book you yeah, because yeah. I went with lock picking. I should have gone with lock oh, picking. Yeah. Man, lock picking. Lock like, picking I, I needed to, Yeah, I needed to get that like as soon as I, I was like on the hunt for a lock picking, picking book uh, pretty early. Yeah, That was like I, the last thing I learned. <laughs> I, yeah, I lock think picking I is great and I... I, I picked that one because I know that anytime there's a game with pickable locks, I get so mad if I can't like pick the lock. lock. So, yeah, that's fair. Yeah, lock I picking guess. and safe cracking. 
Yeah, are... I go hard on lock picking in basically every game with that as an option. <laughs> That's totally fair. Um, I think I found it pretty early because uh, the traveling um, merchant, Suzy's, what's her name? Uh, Amy, Ann, I don't remember. Uh, um, nope, that's Irene, Barnaby Bob. Um, yeah, I don't remember her name. I want to say it was Mary, but... That might be it. That sounds no. right, but yeah. uh, who cares? <laughs> Alice? No, Alice is the... I don't know. At any rate, there's like a wandering merchant lady, and sometimes you can randomly encounter her going between areas of the map. Um, and she sells sometimes books, and there was she was selling a lockpicking book, and I was like, thank God. Wandering Sally. Wandering Sally. Sally. That's we the name. pretty far off. Yep. That's fine. <laughs> um, I like, so there's a dedicated wander button uh, in this game where if you go into the map, you can hit the wander button and then it just wanders you around until you get a random encounter or event. I really appreciated that. That was, yeah, that that's was a great that was addition. Useful. Yeah. That's just such a user-friendly little thing. It's yeah. like, hey, you want to grind and like have some random encounters or you want to like keep trying to have random encounters until you get a specific one. Here's a button that's just like the grind button. Yeah, and then there there will be some like locations in the game where there's just always a fight happening where you can just do a yeah. fight, get some yep. experience. Infinitely fight uh, and they're they're basically one for each type of enemy, which is yeah. important because your partner levels up based on the enemy type they fight. Yeah, um, it has to be whatever enemy type sort of matches them thematically. I don't know what it is for oh, like the do. crazy bar guy, but uh, uh, so Doc Alice only levels up from fighting skeletons. I yep, know that and, much. And for Susie, it's only like Hell Cow and Hell Cow adjacent enemies. Let me and see. I don't know what the I don't know what crazy bar crazy guy is. Maybe it's a uh, vibrato. Yeah, Let's could see. be could be El vibrato. Could be snakes. Oh, Is this says, Oh, yeah. Crazy Pete only levels up from finding random things during random events while wandering. <laughs> Interesting. So that, okay. That sounds. Uh, yeah, that that sounds like kind of a pain in the ass, but. Eh. Yeah. Um, yeah. No. So I guess. Uh, the the nice thing about having <laughs> Snake Springs, which is just a, a river of snakes. Um, and you can fight infinite snakes, is that as a snake oiler, I have a briefcase full of snakes. Um, and every time I fight snakes, the briefcase's venom and medicine levels go up. And then whenever I want, I can just dip into the briefcase to get potions of venom or medicine. Oh, that's cool. Based nice. on how much it's yeah, got. So fighting snake fighting snakes just gives me like infinite health items, basically. Yeah, I almost went snake oiler, but in the snakes end... are so good. Because you can, like, buff your gear with them. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, I put... Uh, for a long time, I had the prototype Stetson with a black coal snake band on it, which ups your moxie. Um, and so I got, like... I had, like, an additional plus three moxie, and it's already, like, a plus three to everything hat. 
prototype Stetson nice. was good. You get that from cracking the uh, the safe at the hat factory. Hmm. Um, yeah, I never got safe cracking. So safe cracking is just another form of lock picking, basically. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then the in the final part, I got this. If you get like the rainbow snake skin, it's like plus three to everything or like plus six to everything or something absurd um yeah i have a plus three to everything yeah plus three to everything yeah so i put that on the el vibrato crown that i got nice um there's you you can apply a bunch of different things you can uh, apply silver plating um that gives you like different things depending on what you plate but for hats it's like plus one ap um you can apply you can sharpen uh, like your weapons. I think you can do something to your guns too that improves them once. Uh, but I forget what it is. Um, but there's a lot of little buffs. This is a game yeah, that feels know. really good because there's a lot of um, there's a lot of little things you can do to, to gain things. You're always getting something whether it's like you know new new levels from your experience stuff or new perks or new items. There's like new abilities it's you you always feel like your your character just is constantly growing and improving yeah and it's like when a lot of times in the world you'll you'll come upon um interactable things that you can only interact with if your muscle or your mysticality or your moxie is at a high enough level and it's so easy to just like swap out your gear and take a potion and you like there you go you've got a high enough level yep so jesus this game has so many buffs <laughs> yeah yeah i'm like my characters are like i have like about 15 of each muscle mysticality and moxie yeah but yeah, my current they... is like 80 plus in each of them <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly there's like there's one uh there's one potion that you can get it's not a potion it's just it's lemonade in the 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 buffalo pile i think it is which is yeah, like that, a that weird buffalo cemetery yeah, place it's, it's a place where they're they're building a buffalo soldiers which is a skeleton with a with a buffalo skull on it and there's a puzzle involving uh making a potion using milk ichor and blood but then there's just a fourth tank that's just lemonade and if you fill up a beaker with lemonade it gives you like a plus 15 to everything buff for the rest <laughs> of the day uh, you can hard. you can only make it once hmm. um yeah, so you, you can only get that potion once, but that's that is a great potion. Yeah. So yeah. Seriously. And you keep your buffs until you pass out or have to spend the night somewhere because you're waiting on a day night cycle thing, but uh, not day night cycle, but like a thing happening a few days from now. Mm-hmm. Um and so and I like there's a reason that they limit your stomach space because there are so many foods and all of them buff you in like different ways. Yep. And it's, there's just, even, even when you're, if you eat everything to fill your stomach, there's still like, you can get a buff from interacting with El Vibrato monoliths and you can get a buff from, you get a buff from losing combat where you become more angry uh, yeah. Which I think is great because, like, if you lose combat, it makes you a little bit stronger for the next one. You you and also you can, get you can pet the dead animals. <laughs> yes, you or can the pet skeleton. Skeletons um, at the skeleton pet cemetery. 
Oh yeah. You can also, um, if you go to your, like the room that you rent in Dirtwater, if you go up to the mirror, you can insult yourself, which also gives you the angry perk. Yeah. If you want to artificially get your anger levels up. Yeah. Um, there's, uh, I got a perk from drinking blood in the Necromancer's Tower. Uh, not a perk, but like a, a temp buff. Um, forget what that d- did, but it was actually really good. It was like plus four to all stats or something. Nice. Um, oh yeah, we didn't talk about the Necromancy Tower. The Necromancy Tower had probably what was the hardest fight in the game for me, which is just nine skeletons. Um, oh. And it's, it's not so much hard because any one of them is really powerful. It's just that there are so many that they get a lot of hits off on you. Yeah. Um, so uh, I did manage, I did manage to beat it with a lot of, with some, uh, I did some grinding on hell cows to buff up uh, Susie. And then I used a lot of items. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so that's uh that's that's an interesting there's like a bunch of skeletons and then as you go up there's like some some stronger skeletons, but fewer of them. And then at the top the necromancer is just like a withered old corpse that you basically just touch and it turns to ash. Um huh. so it's actually kind of an anticlimactic battle to kill the necromancer. It's hard to get to him, but once you do, it's fine. Also, apparently, if uh, if you become the necromancer lord yourself, then if Doc Alice is your partner, she will just leave you forever. Yep, yeah. She's upset at you. I read about that yeah. on the wiki. I was like, whoa. <laughs> yeah, I had an interesting experience with skeletons. Because um, I was stuck in a fight where... I killed all the skeletons that were attacking me, and there was only skeletons that buffed themselves left. <laughs> oh, so you just oh and no. And I dealt I dealt one damage. Oh no. Yeah. And my partner dealt zero damage. Oh no. And they just kept buffing. Jesus. So it took me like two hundred turns. Oof. Well, that sounds uh terrible. <laughs> You couldn't. You yeah, didn't have any items to, to deal by like kill, a set by... of damage. I don't know why. It just did one. Probably it was Slee's damage. So it might have been that. Mm. Yeah, there are I a kill, bunch of different kill, damage kill types. My partner. Yeah. To speed it up. Um. Yeah, I can see that. Um, there are a bunch of different damage types. There's like physical damage type and then spooky damage type but then there's also like stink damage and hot damage and sleaze damage it's like and, i don't i don't understand what all these differences are yeah and there's like hot damage and cold damage let me see if i can find a, a list of all the damages so i think the reason why there's so many damage types is mainly well i'm not gonna say mainly but it's definitely like because they were in Kingdom of Loathing. Oh, interesting. Hmm. Interesting. Um, and I, I mean, think they all function pretty much the same. I, yeah, I was gonna say I don't. I didn't really notice like a particular difference. I thought like some enemies would be weaker to certain ones than others, but it's pretty much only like if you have silver stuff that's good against like the hell creatures. Um, but other than that. It's... You do get some resistances. Um, yeah, like skeletons can't be poisoned. Skill books and also 
let me find it. There's one that you get um, for a spittoon hand. Spittoon yeah. hand gives you 20% resistance to hot, yep. cold, and sleaze. Yep. Uh, and then there's another one. Every time you every time you try and reach into a spittoon to find something, the text gets like more and more grossed out about how you keep trying to do this and like keeps trying to talk you out of it. It's pretty yeah. cute. Oh, then there's another one that you get from reading a bean craft book that gives you uncanny presence. Uh, that gives you twenty percent resistance to I think everything, hot, cold, stench, spooky, and sleaze. I think mm. that's all of them. Uh, and the flavor text for that is, you've delved into so many occult mysteries that you're only, like, 80% real at this point. <laughs> yep. So cute. So cute, this writing. I'm, I'm like, I feel like in some ways this writing has a lot of in common with the way that uh, Mike and I write. Um, some, some differences, but... Uh, there is a certain, it has a certain, um, and we were talking last time about how this, the first game was sort of um, similar in time frame to Homestuck. Uh, yeah. But there's a lot of writing in here that reminds me of Problem Sleuth a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Um, in that it's just like a notch or two more like clever and absurdist than it needs to be. <laughs> Um, which I like. And I it, like a lot. I, I'm amazed that it doesn't like get eye rolly. Yeah. Really. Um, because man, it, it just goes like hot and heavy. Like everything is a pun or some kind of double entendre or like a, a cute little like hat tip to something. Um, and I, I, I don't know how they managed to pull it off, like keeping it enjoyable. Um, yeah. It, yeah, it never feels annoying. They're either, like, clever enough that you go, like, well, yeah, I have to give it to you. Yeah. Or, they, or they're just, like, stupid enough. <laughs> yeah, there's, uh... I don't know, they're always, it's always sort of, like, earnestly silly. It's never, like, mean in any way. I don't yeah. quite know how to explain it, but I, yeah, I think earnest is a good way to describe it. Um, I don't yeah, know. I think it's, my, it's, like, it's my favorite just... joke mm-hmm. in this, and it's so stupid because it's so simple. And it's the in the beginning when you talk to your dad, and he has a hat that's too big. Yeah, <laughs> and he he has to. I'll grow into it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yep. I think my I think my favorite is probably the mind splainer perk. I just I really like that joke. It's so dumb. But it's just like it and it's it's a it feels good because it gets you experience from just doing a thing you probably would have done otherwise. Yeah. You probably would have done anyways, rather. Um yeah, I don't know. This is a this is a fun game. It's cute. It's silly. The writing is very good. Um, the animation is surprisingly good for it all being stick figures. Yeah, the animation can be really funny too. Like when the snakes move, they have a like stupid little hop <laughs> instead yeah. of slithering. <clears throat> um, I don't know. I I I don't really have. 
it's it's not necessarily like deep, meaningful, life changing sort of game, but it's highly entertaining, and uh, it I, really I, is. I, yeah, it's it's a good way to kill a weekend, honestly. Like, yeah, and there's there's you know I still have a bunch of stuff to do. I think I will probably go back to it at some point. Yeah, I uh, will say it. One thing that I that was very adventure gamey about it that really annoyed me is there are a lot of <clears throat> there are a lot of places where you can accidentally cut yourself off from things. Yeah, uh, where like you sold a thing without knowing that like you would need it, or you used it in a way that like you didn't realize you would need the thing later, and it destroys it. Um, which feels very adventure gamey, and also feels like. Oh, why did I do that? Now I can't get the thing that I, you know. Um, but I think Thank the, you know, the intent is that you play it through multiple times and experience different things. And I think there's enough variety in the characters and the sort of stuff you can do that it probably would would hold up through multiple playthroughs. Yeah, um, I think like like everything you sell at least you can, you buy, can back. buy back. Yeah, for a lot more money. But, but there's yeah. still like ways to. Yeah, locked yourself. Yeah, up. like I, I made a a jewel into a ring that apparently, like, even the description on the ring is like, you feel a little silly for like having wasted this jewel on making a ring, but it's a pretty good ring. <laughs> it's like I remember wow. reading someone said, make sure you keep your turnip, and I yep. hadn't kept my turnip, and I don't remember where I. Well, if you sell it, you can't you can't go back to Boring Springs. Yeah. That's completely you gated you off to you. Do anything I think I sold in it. the tutorial town afterwards. Yeah, no, if yeah. you keep the turnip, you can silver plate it and make a turnip crown. And then if you give the turnip crown to the emperor in Frisco, he doesn't steal the train. Yeah, which is what I'm reading now, oh. which is. There you go. <laughs> yeah, I, I debated uh, whether I should like stay and grind enough meat to steal to, to like silver plate this turnip because it's like 5,000 meat to silver plate. The yeah, turnip. it is a lot. Um, and so I looked up like, okay, what happens if I silver plate this turnip? And it's like, oh, you can skip this end sequence. And I'm like, well, it's my first playthrough. I don't necessarily want to like skip a big end sequence of the game. Yeah. Um, so I did not end up doing it. Yeah. Also, I don't know how the you're going to figure out that cow side quest on your own but whatever which cow side quest the hell cow how to stop the duke hell cow oh yeah there's a lot yeah, of steps involved I, yeah i don't even know like particularly what uh like what even leads into that and i'm gonna have to oh sealing yeah. the cows here it's it is. also kind of hard to say it would like all the quests, it's hard to say, do I have enough information right now? Yeah. Yeah, like for oh, yeah, to finish the cow here. one, you have to get a perk that you can only get from eating enough like horrible hell cow uh, foods. Um, because only with that perk can you get like the special item that you need uh, in, in a random encounter. Um, so you have to like be moving around or wandering around enough in that area as well. Um, and it's so it's like you have to uh, eat all the stuff, get this perk, go wander around, get the mallet. You have to talk to the hippies 
about their garden. Um, and then you have to get them a fence, a barbed wire fence, and you have to silver plate the fence. You have to give them the fence and you have to give them cow's bane seeds. And then you have to wait three days for the cow's bane to grow. And then you have to use the cow bane and the random item that you found at this one portal to summon the guy. It's like, there's a lot of stuff involved. Yeah, that is a lot. Um, as opposed to the necromancer one, which I just sort of stumbled into, uh, and then like read the book and I'm like, Oh, I guess I know where the tower is now. Yeah. Huh. And I guess we should yeah. talk about the ending maybe a little bit. Um, because yeah. it's unusual. Um, you don't actually like the game doesn't strictly speaking end. It's just that once you've done a certain amount of things, once you've basically gotten the train back, you unlock the ending cutscene playing at a theater, so you can go watch the ending cutscene, <laughs> and then it just the game just continues after that. Um, and what yeah. is in the ending cutscene depends on like what things you have done in the game world, which is kind of nice because it 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 says like, hey, here's some more stuff that you can go back and do mm -hmm. without shutting you out from it. Yeah, it's like which I appreciate. I always it's I a know. shame that the world ended like four hundred years later. Would have been maybe nice if you'd done something about that. <laughs> You're like, what? <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. it's a nice thing, but I sort of felt the ending was very anticlimactic. Yeah, it does feel weird that you kind of have to trigger it on your own, and then it just doesn't really end the game. <laughs> And also, like, following, like, a quote-unquote boss fight that was, like, okay, I one-shot him twice in a row, and then it's over. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but, well, it's because it's it has to be winnable if you haven't been doing every single side quest along the way, which I'm sure all of us have. But, yeah. Yeah. It'd be cool if that, like, somehow scaled up a little bit based on what you did or was it, you know, had something to it that wasn't based on your level and how much damage you could do that kind of thing. Um, but I mean, arguably, I guess like having the turnip crown is a thing, but that only makes it easier. Um, there's also a hat towards the beginning you can put on that apparently makes the whole game harder, but I did not put on that hat. Oh yeah. I think it's just called the hard hat. Yeah. Of course. <laughs> yeah, of course. Anyway, any other last stuff? We could talk about there, the music. There's also a hat that's like that just gives you minus three moxie. Oh yeah, the is, it, is that the striped hat? You get it from hat. one of the gangs? Yeah. I like, don't know what that is, does. This hat is so ugly that everyone hates you for wearing it or something like that. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, you just lose permanently, not permanently, but as long as you wear it, you have no moxie. Yep. Yeah, um, um, the music, it's uh, where the water tastes like wine. <laughs> it's just yeah. good, like, you know, folk songy. Oh my god, there's a great one. Where was it um, that you could, they, they had all of that uh, uh, public domain music. Oh, that was in the Hat Factory. Hat Factory, and they call it like um, they don't use the term public domain, do they? They use something else. Yeah, they. I think they do. Um, I think they do. 
Yeah, I was gonna say let's search it because the names of them were hilarious, and I actually really liked the little, um, the little, uh, pu yeah, public domain Joe, which is Cotton Eye Joe. Yeah. Um. Yeah, it's a and they're so they're all little like plunky piano versions of these public domain songs, and the Cotton Eye Joe one was my favorite. Yeah. And that's the one that helps you solve the puzzle. Yeah. Coincidentally, also the no, correct. You have to have, you have to have the correct song. Yes. Yeah, and then it makes it makes the guy in the last room whistle, yeah. so you can see him. Yeah, we didn't actually talk cool. about that quest. That's one of the bandit quests, and in that one, everybody's uh, hiding in a different room with um, with hats of some kind, and there's a for each one, there's like a different way that you get them to reveal. Uh, which one is they're hiding under, and you have to get guess it correctly for each one. And one of them, you got to turn the piano on to the correct song so that the guy whistles. Because mm -hmm. it's just such a catchy tune. Yeah, it is a catchy tune, Public Domain Joe. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. All right. Uh. Uh, are have we, we exhausted? I think the... we have exhausted the things. It's there's a lot to yeah. talk about because this game is all detail. It's like the broad strokes yeah. of the game are very simple, but there's like a billion details, and that's where the interest is. Yeah, yeah. If you've if uh, if you've got a weekend, honestly, this is I really enjoyed this one. Mm -hmm. And even and without spoiling it, like you'll get a, you'll still get a lot out of it because it's all in the individual writing, which we haven't really said much of at all. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, yeah, I wasn't I wasn't like sure how this one was going to shake out, like if I was really going to enjoy it. But yeah, I really, really did. I'm glad we played it. Yeah. All right. I think you uh, are also very much looking forward to the next game we're playing, right? Yeah, that was oh, I was I was trying to figure out how to do the segue and you did it. <laughs> that was a, that was a good one. Um, yeah, our next game is one that we've been it's been in the hopper since the hopper has existed. Uh, and we keep saying, oh, we got to play this game. Now we got to wait until it's finally completely released. And now it's finally completely released. Uh, Kentucky Route Zero, Act 5 came out. Uh, I'm, I'm going to date the podcast here, but it came out last week. And it's <laughs> the game is finally the fully released. When did the first released, one so, come out? Uh, like 2013. Okay, so I it's been it a good, one... like, seven years <laughs> kind of release process. Yeah, yeah. Well, and that's the thing. I remember when the first one came out, um, they were talking about, like, we're going to have a new act every, like, six months or so, and their whole their whole release window was just going to be a couple of years. And it kept getting, like, more complicated, and they're a really small team. Um, mm -hmm. And so it just it just took a long, long time. And, um, I mean, based on what has already been released and what I've already played, it's super duper worth it. But now it's all there and we can finally play Kentucky Route Zero, which uh, was developed by Cardboard Computer. And it's on PC and I think all main consoles. I know it's on Switch and I think also Xbox and PS4. Um, and I believe the console version was published by Annapurna. So. I, yeah. 
Of course it was. Um, the, as I, I think I said this before the podcast, but like it's like the most Annapurna game that there could possibly be. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so the I'm tempted to get it on Switch just because I feel like it, it would it would be a good couch game, and then I could like take it with me places and stuff. Yeah. Um, we may end up. Yeah, you're right. Uh, the <laughs> Kentucky Route Zero, like the first episode came out years like three years before annapurna interactive was even <laughs> yep. a thing yep so yeah so if if, nice. if if annapurna had existed they would have published it immediately but unfortunately k, k krz uh existed first so they had to yep. catch up to it later yep um that's fine yeah so uh we may end up having to take more than two weeks to play this because it is a long game. Um, it's yeah. five parts and each part is like, I don't know, two to five hours, something like that. Yeah. I think, I think the five further you get, the longer the, the sections yeah, they, get. They so. increase. Yeah. And I think I've only played the first like two, maybe three. So yeah. Yeah. There's a lot so, to get. Yeah, this one might so. be a three week. Yeah, this Just might take a while. <laughs> advance warning, but it's worth it. Worth it. Yeah, the wait has been worth it. <laughs> yeah, for those for those of you who haven't played, it's a sort of it was kind of one of the very early. I feel like it's not as unique now as it was when it came out, but it was a very early kind of just mood piece sort of game. Um, something yeah. that was like much more about tone. And um, the feel of the thing and sort of the journey along the way and not as much about, like, specific mechanics. Mm -hmm. um, I feel like a lot of the games we've played on this podcast were probably inspired by things from this game. Uh, Mutazione, almost certainly. Yeah. Uh, among others. Yeah. Um, yeah, no. I remember reading, uh, at the time it came out, an article where... Um, they talked about the dialogue choices and they were saying like, it doesn't so much affect the outcome of the story as it, uh, is, it inflects the story. It is an inflection, um, mm -hmm. with, through which to read the story. So it changes like small details rather than large, uh, things. And at the time that seemed very revolutionary. That was like not a thing a lot of games have done. It's certainly like a thing that has become more common since I would say like your, you know, your Firewatch and games like that have definitely done it. But at the time that was kind of a new idea. Yeah. And definitely an overdue idea because everyone was still trying to do the telltale thing. Yeah. Where your decisions are super important, but actually they're not yeah um, so this one was like more obviously kind of they're not and you feel like they um you feel in the, especially in the very beginning it feels like they are you're like oh god do i need to keep this thing for later what if a thing happens and it's like no 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 this is not west of loathing this is a very yeah. different game <laughs> you don't need to hoard all of your shit yeah you're not going to need that uh. turnip from the beginning of the game <laughs> yeah. um uh, so yeah. yeah, I'm excited to to see it in its full finished glory and see like Me what too. it actually how it actually wrapped up. Yep. 
So that's, yeah, that's what we're doing next. We're doing Kentucky Route Zero. Yep. And if by some strange chance you don't already have it, now you can get it pretty much anywhere. Yep. So there's that. <laughs> uh, and, uh, yeah, if you uh, keep an eye keep an eye on our Twitter for updates about how long it's taking us to play this, because yeah. I'm thinking I'm thinking probably it's like three weeks minimum. We'll see if it goes longer than that. Yeah, um, yeah, you can check out our Twitter at uh, Feedback Force at Feedback Force on Twitter. That's Twitter. That's where you find Twitters. Um, you can find me on Twitter at Kelso Time Bomb for, uh, you know, shit posts and stuff. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Kyla underscore go, uh, or the game I'm working on at Wintermore TC for the Wintermore Tactics Club. Yeah, you can find me on Twitter at Doug3. All right. Nice. Thanks for listening to the podcast, yeah. folks. We'll see y'all next time. Bye. Partner, partner. <laughs> see you on the far side, partner. <laughs> That's right. not Bye. what they say in the West. Bye. Bye. Bye.